and welcome to a new episode of More Than Dice. And there's Miss O'Kathy with her big old crazy. What is that? Jiro. Jiro. <laughs> Kathy is still working on getting her computer fixed, so her camera is a little bit off. It's not the awesome HD. She looks like she's uh, streaming from what 1997 or something. I don't think you recall streaming from 1997, <laughs> but it didn't look that good. Because there, there was there streaming in 1997. Or, I don't uh, even know. Video recording. So it's more like a 19, uh, more like a 2010. A 2010. <laughs> Kathy, what episode are we on? Those of us who you want to feel old. Uh, must be 98. We are on episode 98, really? Yeah, Jeez. just two episodes away from 100. Two episodes away from 100. Minion says the 1970s. If it was the 70s, I would have wide-ass collars or flowers applique on my shirt. <laughs> um, so, welcome and to a new episode. And here, too. What? Welcome, Xander. Um, today's episode, we are going to talk about what happens when uh, the weather changes in your area and you have to do different painting and drying times and what happens if you mess up a miniature because uh, uh, I've noticed that a lot recently on Facebook people are getting you know oh crap this happened how do I fix this and they're like well it's the weather so should we talk well, about our sponsors first the I, we are. Who, uh, who help us out yeah I was getting there but I was gonna say what we were doing first so uh, with that said we want to say thank you to our span spancers. Our sponsors, our spanthers. He's talking like a Chicagoan. Nah. Um, Mechanica Studios, yes, yes. Uh, which will be at Warfare Weekend in a couple of weeks. Tectonic Craft Studios was at Dragonfall, so I got to hug my friend Dan, Tectonic Dan. Uh, Tectonic Craft Studios will also be at uh, Warfare Weekend, too, uh, but I don't believe Dan can make it this year. He's sending a bunch of people to come and run this door for him. His minions, yeah. excellent. Yeah, I think he's got something going with his uh, girl that weekend that he can't. Um... It's a busy time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, also, Muse on Minis. Uh, guys, you'll see a link come up every so often in the chat where you can uh, get a discount code to their store, which helps us out also. We want to thank everybody that's our patron subscribers. They are super duper awesome. We appreciate everything that they do and help us out. Keep the bills at bay so john isn't you know giving me 80 million dollars a week to keep the podcast going that's not gonna happen i don't make that much money <laughs> 80 million dollars a week yeah no he puts jeff benzo to shame very much not <laughs> um but guys we really appreciate y'all listening and watching and people that subscribe to our channel here on twitch and on patreon it really matters a lot to us um Next weekend, Kathy will not be here, so we will have a special guest next weekend. I'll be at Gamehole Con, enjoying role-playing games with my friends and gonna, painting minis. You going to do some reporting from there? Maybe show us some pictures on the Facebook page? I sure hope so. I always intend to do that, and then I get distracted. And then you, get, then you start nerding I, out. <laughs> I am a terrible podcaster. I am terrible. No, you're a great podcast. You're a terrible on-site reporter. I mean, yes, well, yeah, different skills. Yeah, different skills. Um, I'll accept that. So Kathy will be there for that, and then the week after is Warfare Weekend, and that we will be out. I will be out uh, for that, 
And so there will be no episode that weekend. So our 100th episode will be the episode after Warfare Weekend. So, Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We, we're going to have to do something uh, special. We're going to yeah. have to do some kind of like giveaway or something yeah. to be decided. We have no idea. Maybe I can pick up because some new stuff. Because we're just we're terrible people. We don't know how to do this shit. No. Well, it's like funny. Uh, made a couple of new friends on a on a page, and they were like, "Oh, you have a podcast? What's it like being a professional podcaster?" And I laughed. <laughs> I mean, so technically, technically, we are professional we are. podcasters. Yes, technically, technically speaking. But I was like, we definitely don't produce professional stuff. <laughs> no, I don't think that's our goal, though. No, no, that's what uh, someone had a conversation about that about. We, we don't strive to be critical role or, you know, any of those huge ones. We just want to provide good content for people. Have a good mm-hmm. time. Talk. Enjoy. Meet us up at conventions. Hang out with us. You know, it, it is kind of weird when someone comes up to me and they say, hey, I listen to your podcast, you know, every week. And y'all do some really cool and you're like, stuff. you're like, somebody does that? And I'm like, what? We have more than like the seven people that watch us live that, you know, participate. Right, so design says if podcasts were easy, everyone would do them. I thought everyone was doing them. Yeah. Well, there is. It, it seems that way sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, hey, with Josh. that. Um, so, John, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm going to start off with a uh, shot of this uh, Jim Beam. Uh, not Jim Beam, sorry. This uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple I've been drinking. It's a little lower than when you guys last saw it. He's my apple pie. That's what happens when it's the only thing within arm's reach, and I don't feel like going downstairs. I'm going to follow it up with some Dr. Pepper mixed with uh, some Jim Beam vanilla. So I just switched it up and went with the vanilla since I had the cherry last time. Hmm. Kathy, what, uh, Kathy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. I love my sapphire. Dry, dry, dry. Kathy, drinking gin and tonic. I've never. I like the flavor of Christmas trees. Damn it! <laughs> um, I am breaking with breaking from tradition today because uh, I've been drinking a lot already, and uh, I'm a little dehydrated. So Gonzo's going with water today. Excellent choice. Water's always a good choice. Yeah. Just a well, little. Don't you light. You're dehydrated. Yeah, but I need uh, some of that to uh, get me through the rest of this. Uh, and I also will be painting more Star Wars terrain for the podcast. Um, so since, I have, since I wasn't, oh, that looks cool. So I got to get the rest of this done for Warfare Weekend because uh, More Than Dice is sponsoring two tables at uh, Warfare Weekend. One for Star Wars Legion with a War Sigil uh, terrain map, which I'm going to... You're only painting two tables worth of terrain? The podcast is sponsoring two tables worth of terrain. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're, but you're painting what, like thirty tables worth of terrain? <laughs> um, no. Uh, we actually have the ones with non with three D terrain is actually being shipped in by FFG from Brandon Franz. He uh, did the tables, the uh, Star Wars Legion tables for Adepticon and Gen Con, and they're okay. fre- they're freight dropping his stuff in. Um, so what about all the other tournaments? Oh, hey, what other tournaments are there? I mean, break down some Warfare Weekend uh, 
stuff for us. Who's running uh, tournaments? Well, okay, I mean, we have X-Wing, which doesn't have 3D terrain for the most part. Uh, they've got at the... All. Yeah. Not, not even for the most part, at all. Yeah. Right. Well, some well, people have started yeah. making, like, asteroids and some 3D stuff just for shiggles, but... Right, but they have space. The whole of space. Yeah. Um, and then we got the Star Wars Legion uh, tables, which, like I said, is Brandon Franz is having his uh, entire stuff, which was the stuff from Gen Con and Adepticon uh, Freight dropped in uh, for the tables for his for that tournament, the Grand Championship of Legion. And then we have a guild, a couple of guild ball tournaments, um, and that uses uh, 2D terrain. Uh, can use some 3D terrain, but they're using the 2D stuff that normally comes with it. Um, and then uh, we got the Wild uh, Wild Wild West or uh, Wild West Exodus. Yeah, Wild West Exodus. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and I'm sure they're going to have some uh, 3D terrain. Which is uh, relevant for that they're, game. Are the uh, people who are organizing that one bringing their own terrain? Yes, they're bringing their okay. own terrain. Um, and then we have Judgment, which has no terrain because it's played oh, on map. Judgment. Okay, cool. They, they do have some terrain, but it's uh, built into the table, uh, the the mats that they do. And then, that's one. That's more like a uh, board game with miniatures. Correct. To be- Oh, okay. Um, okay. And then, of course, War Machine Horde will be using 2D terrain, unless I can get the 3D terrain printed, uh, painted up for that that we're sponsoring. Because um, I do have some 3D terrain I want to put on that table. I just got to make sure I get it painted enough time. So that's going to happen. Um, then we also have Dust. And Dust have, has its own 3D terrain they're bringing. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I have... put you on the spot, but I thought, you know, it's a week before the convention. I'd like to know what what all tournaments I could choose from. <laughs> um, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Oh, two weeks. you're right. It's a couple weeks. Sorry. Uh, and then weeks. the other... I was thinking about the other. What's the other one? The other one... Um, what's the... Um, damn it. It's off the tip of the tongue. It's the Warhammer Underworld, which doesn't have yeah. terrain. Yeah, it's a no board trade, it's all, it is literally a board game with miniatures. Yep. Um, and let's see, what else? I think that's about it. A cra- Do you have any Infinite or uh, no, we actually, Batman or anything like that? No, we tried to get uh, Infinity, and we talked to the St. Louis Infinity crowd, because they supposedly have a really big Infinity crowd. But I guess there's an event that happens like a month before this, and that people yeah. were not interested in it. Um, because, uh, Muse says, you know, they have a, an awesome terrain set that they can sell. And so we tried to get, you know, that, uh, in, but it didn't work. And then, um, we also tried Kings of War and the person that was running that backed out on us, oh. um, which was bad. Cause that would have been coming. And also they also kind of That's backed up. That's a bummer, up. but you know, Kings of War is coming out with their third edition now. Yeah. Or has come out with their third edition, so I don't know if that had any bearing on that. Uh well it did some, but mostly it was uh he just didn't think he could do it. And so I tried to find someone else to do it and he said no. Wow, that's a bummer. Yeah. I should talk to me, I might have put you in touch with someone with the company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we would try to do that. Um, what other games? Uh, we were supposedly supposed to have God Tier, but God Tier didn't come out in enough time. So 
that didn't happen. Um, but we have like scrambles. We got a Twilight Imperium tournament coming up with it. That's gonna be running three Twilight oh, Imperium geez, tables. Oh, geez, Twilight Imperium. That, yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, three Twilight Imperium tables being played simultaneously twice a day. Um, and so they're gonna be that, and then. Um, scrambles, of course, which you may not know what a scramble is. It's, they do like the idea of the scramble, but tell us about it for our listeners. Uh, the scrambles are eight-man tournaments. As soon as eight people sign up, you play. Um, we do, always do it for War Machine and Hordes, but since we have Star Wars Legion and X-Wing this year, um, we're going to include them on it. Uh, because when people drop out of the Grand Championship... They can either go do something else or they can do a hyperspace or, you know, they want to come over and do um, the scrambles. And scrambles are always popular because it's an eight-man tournament. So, I mean, you're playing three games and you're done pretty much. And you can do something else. Uh, It's the only way to get our first, second, third place dice also. So, that was something that people were like. That's always been a big hit. So, we just included other games on top of it. Um, so we're kind of excited about that. I know the X-Wing and Legion players, we, we didn't talk to the Legion, which is Brendan Franz, about doing it because he's going to be running the tournament. We didn't want to put him on the spot of doing, you know, an eight-man tournament on top of doing, you know, the Grand yeah. Championship. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, I, I pinged him on the post because they asked if they were going to do that for Legion too, And I says, well, let me get in contact with him and, See if he's willing to do it. I mean, I'm not going to pressure him because he's doing a grand championship. And he said, yeah, we should have enough space and we'll do it. And I'm like, cool. Um, Scrambles have always been a big hit because it's, I don't want to participate in the big tournament, but I want to play in a quick tournament. New people. Oh, yeah. That's what I I like about it. Like, you could throw down with an Aeronautica scramble or something even if somebody were willing to do that. Or just some random, you know, Age of Sigmar. If somebody showed up and said, hey, I want to run an Age of Sigmar scramble. Yeah, they're just quick eight-man tournaments so people can just And then you don't have to organize a great big giant tournament. Nope. Um, We do have someone. uh, Erica is kind of in charge of our... War Machine and Horde scramble area. Um, so, I mean, it's not like it's that, you know, hard. I wouldn't say it's hard to do. It's a lot of organizing. But for the most part, there's not a lot of questions asked or, you know, tournament type things going on. Because it's just a bunch of people playing in, you know, a game. In a tournament style without all the tournament feel. Best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, what else? Uh, we got our painting competition, which I'm really psyched for because we got some uh, really cool uh, stuff coming about that. Because um, it's an open um, model, um, we got so you know, each thing. person is judged on their own merit. They're not judged against what other people are painting. Um, that's that. That's the open competition. Yeah, yeah, and we we will have an overall winner of the best painted model of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like anything else, but everybody's gonna be judged on a no, no, no gold, no, and then a gold and gold, silver, and bronze um, type thing. Um, but uh, on their own merit, and then an overall winner that had the best. But we've got like dioramas and singles and all that stuff. Um, what else? A ton of painting classes. 
Uh, we're running two full days of painting classes, three classes, uh, three classrooms a day. Every two hours is a new class. Um, so it's jam-packed with classes. Um, ton of awesome artists. Uh, Kevin Fannin is painting. Um, he got FFG or Asmodee, however you want to put it, to send him starter, uh, to send him a box of Wookiees, a box of clone troopers, and a box of Jordica. And he's going to teach people how to paint those. Oh, cool. Um, which I thought was cool of them to send in, you know, the entire box because those things just came out. Um, and he gives those out to each person in the class. So they get to take home that also. Um, and then, yeah, G Kim's doing uh, some stuff. Uh, like a chibi class and like freehand and um, different skin tones. Um, Lynn is actually teaching people how to take a model from Prime to over the top tabletop pretty much, even the bases. Um, so there's going to be, you know, a whole, she's got a whole day that she's doing all this. Um, Lauren Fahey is doing something that's amazing and almost all of her classes got sold out, uh, which I thought was really cool because she has one of the most expensive classes. Um, but you get a free judgment model with each class you take with her. Yeah, well, she's good too, yeah. and she's she's good at teaching, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm it, glad it, to it's hear just that. well. I mean, it, one of the things I, is this year is the first year that we've charged people for classes, uh, which I think is appropriate, and we should because these people this is their job most of the time. And um, for you her get class, good, you get good teachers when they're yes. when they're they're charging for a class. You get you get good quality. Yeah. And so she, um, all of her classes are like one of them is skin tones, one's metal, one something else. But you get a judgment model with your class, and those judgment models are balls amazing. Yes, they, they are. are. They're incredible. pretty awesome. So she's she's got that, which I think is really cool. Um, bunch of fun stuff. We'll be doing some. Pro, uh, I know that. Um, there, I can't remember the name of the people because Chris handled it more than I did. Um, there will be live streaming of the X-Wing Grand Championship. Um, and then um, there, of course, is going to be a live stream of the War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. Um, so we'll have that all weekend. Um, will you be doing a better job of reporting from Warfare Weekend than I do of reporting from Game Holcon? I'm going to go for no because he's running the damn thing. <laughs> I will be trying to. I'll be taking a lot of pictures and running around and getting pictures when I can. Because uh, I'm actually going up Wednesday night uh, and making sure everything's set up Thursday. Uh, because it's a little too light. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Because Thursday night is the opening of the vendor room, early access to the vendor room for uh, VIGs. They have a Thursday night early access yes. thing? Yes. Wow. So vendors have to be there Thursday and get all set up by yeah. by what time on Thursday night? I think it's like 8 or 9 o'clock off the top of my head. I can't remember. So How I mean, long is that open then? Uh, it's open for two hours or until everybody's gone, all the VIGs have gone through. Um, usually it doesn't take long. Um, everybody usually knows exactly what they want and go in and grab it because, uh, of course, Privateer Press is going to probably have models up to three months in advance, and then we then there's like an exclusive model, or exclusive release that they have um, there also. So that we're waiting on that. Uh, so I mean, there's that's like the big thing is everybody wants to get the early release stuff. 
because um, we will have Creature Caster as one of our vendors um, with uh, the Monument Paints, which I'm really excited for, mm-hmm. because they're actually sponsoring our hobby hangout table. And uh, Creature Caster supplied a uh, line of their paint to be used at the tables. Uh, so I thought that was nice of them. That, that was is part. very cool. That's good paint, too. Yeah. So they'll be... It's good stuff. They'll be there. Uh, they're a sponsor of the Hobby Lounge. And people can use their paints whenever they want. Um, what else? That's about it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, tons of door prizes. Tons of uh, giveaways happening all the time. So. Oh, cool. Just, Do you guys have like a charity raffle or anything like that we, at that one? We don't have a charity raffle. Um, okay. We were going to do one, but uh, we couldn't find someone to do anything. I know um, we were going to do a charity uh, silent auction at one point. We didn't get around to it. Um, I do know. Do you think that's something you'll do in the future, maybe sometime? Yes. Uh, next year, we're you know, going to be doing a bunch of more stuff. We've already started thinking about next year and how uh, we're going to be working next year. Uh, I know this year also we got what uh, is new for the convention is called Demo Alley. And our Demo Alley is just uh, an area right next to near the vendors, uh, not, not near the registration booth, where people can test out new games. Like uh, Fight in a Box is going to be there with their brand new games, which he's, he's there every year. Um, I know... Um, uh, David Carl, DC, is going to be there with a couple of new games that he's developing to test out for uh, let people test out. Uh, Jay Larson has uh, the new Marvel uh, Crisis Protocol and two painted sets. Um, and is going to be demoing that at the convention, which is good because uh, Pagani couldn't make it. But um, what else? And of course, Privateer Press, we have Riot Quest and all of their games. So, I mean, there's going to be a. There's going to be a ton of stuff to do. If, if That's you, cool. If, yeah. if, if, if you run out of stuff to do, and the thing is, it's only one ticket. You don't pay You don't pay for individual events. You just buy a ticket at the door, and you can play everything there. That's pretty amazing, actually, that, that all you're doing is paying your registration fee, and you get access yeah. to all the events. That was something period. that Chris and I, when we were talking about it, is, you know, we, we did to do pre-sign-up because we had to worry about space. Uh, at the event this year because we had some new things come in but it shouldn't be i mean people should be able to get whatever they want as long as they're you know within enough time i mean nothing is there i take that back some things have sold out but nothing major has sold out in the the fact that the the major big tournaments because the star wars legion tournament is like 40 people uh, is what we had to have, and the X-wing tournament is 180 people. So you know we've got plenty of space for people to do stuff. Um, what else? But that was the one thing that we wanted to do is we didn't want to have to have and buy individual tickets for events. We just want just pay the one fee and you can do whatever you want. So 
You can come okay. and just watch. Well, yeah, I I know you've you've mentioned Warfare Weekend a whole bunch of times and everything, but we never really had an in-depth kind of here's all of the crazy stuff that's going on there. You well, know? yeah, also a self-promotion <laughs> type thing. Type. <laughs> so I, I was curious, and I know there's a lot of other people that are curious how it's going to be different from uh, War Machine Weekend, you know? Well, we've got a ton of games. We're also now the... Uh, North American Championship for Judgment every year now. Um, so we'll be doing the Judgment North American Championship every year um, for them, which is Sweet. cool because that just makes it more. Um, okay, but enough about that. Let's get to the topic at hand <laughs> since I talked to because uh, we didn't actually do a cheer because we started in on that. John, do we have anybody we need to salute, by the way? Uh not anyone that I really know of. I mean, there's like one of the producers, I think, of The Simpsons past. But as someone who's seen like a handful of episodes of The Simpsons, I wasn't really keeping track of that. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, so, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to us ramble for a bit <laughs> right there. Uh, I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Um, keep listening. Cheers. 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 I didn't think that was a ramble. That was all. It was like a half hour dedicated to Warfare Weekend. So <laughs> it's about time we spent a half hour just talking about that convention, you yeah. know, just to see what's all involved in it, you know, because I know you don't want to feel like you're you're just plugging your convention, Correct. you know, by mentioning it all the time. But, you know, having an episode where we find out right before it's happening, you know, what's actually going on there is, I think... Uh, pretty valuable and i've had people ask me and i'm like i'm not sure <laughs> so it, it's all on our website so if anybody has any other questions they can definitely go to the website and um find out we have our schedule up and all that stuff so i mean there's if you need questions and of course you can always reach me on facebook or whatever and i'll let you know about anything else that happens uh we're going to try to do pictures well of course we'll have pictures of all the models for the painting competition because we're trying to get that solidified a bit more and since we're doing an open competition and not just War Machine models, you know, all models type thing, we kind of like want to get that out there a bit more. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I think that's relevant now as giving another open competition um, for people to join and do some cool stuff. And I just totally smudged all that paint I put on this side of this model. Oh, no. The joys of painting terrain. Oh, it's just terrain. Easy to fix. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, what's funny is... Just throw uh, some weathering on it. Yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, all for the last like month, I've been painting up terrain on the podcast for Warfare Weekend. <laughs> uh, the uh, Star Wars Legion table we're sponsoring. Our uh, last Adepticon meeting was about 15 of us sitting around the, the conference table clipping terrain off sprues yep so yeah for for we spent a few hours we got pizza we spent a few hours clipping terrain and that was <laughs> that's you know it, it already had started before that i mean it's underway for for 2020 oh of course <laughs> that's what people understand is um people were like you need to have 40k at your tournament at a warfare weekend and i'm like oh that would be really cool um terrain if you had somebody who is organizing that tournament and bringing all their own terrain and everything, well, that's one thing. Correct. 
you know. Because that's what people understand is the terrain isn't just magically appear. The terrain fairies do not land and uh, and set the tables up overnight at conventions. Nice. <laughs> Wish they did, but they do not. Yeah. Right. Well, and also getting it shipped there. That's the thing people understand. You've got to get it shipped. And someone has to bring it. Yeah, and somebody has to store it after the convention's over. Yeah. <laughs> All these things are things that need to be thought about. All these logistics for for conventions. But anyways, so what's our what's our uh, other topic? Our topic today <laughs> is I've noticed it a lot on Facebook because of course I'm in a lot of painting groups on Facebook and Discord channels, and the weather's changing. Um, we're finally coming into fall yeah. to winter like weather all over the place, and. I've noticed a lot of people complaining about, you know, hey, I'm priming and this happened to my model. Or, hey, my stuff isn't drying as quickly. Or, or I just uh, dull-coated all these things that I spent hours and hours painting and it frosted <laughs> on me. That happened a lot. Uh, or the people that primered their models and it got the, you know, bubbly sandpaper look to their yeah, models. Yeah, that weird texture. Yeah. And that happened quite a bit. Uh, I noticed that quite a bit. So I figured since the weather's changing, we can talk about what can you do if you don't have your own individual inside hood area. If you don't, if you don't area. have an airbrush. Or, you know, a place inside that you can do that. Because, I mean, even if you are doing stuff inside, you don't want to be, you want to make sure you wear a mask. And, you know, if you have a hood, that can suck it all out good. But Even you, with just an airbrush, you you want a mask, and yeah. they sell these little hoods on Amazon. They're like, I don't they're know. not expensive. No. Yeah, they're not expensive. We've gone through two of them, but we use them a lot. Um, I'd like to. There was one guy who had the ingenious idea of making a table where there's a fan that that aims down. It's like a box fan mounted in the table that aims down with like a furnace filter over the top of it. So it's sucking the air down hmm. through the furnace filter um, as a, uh, a kind of, and then there's like a hood sort of built over that, but it's for larger size kind of models. And I thought that was an interesting one for like just getting it out of your face. Yeah. Yeah. But the one on Amazon is literally between 85 and and a hundred dollars yeah expensive that's the one we use yeah i have one i just haven't set it up yet but a lot of people don't have those and a lot of people don't know you know what you can do or they still are trying to prime outside or seal outside and of course like i said the weather is getting wetter uh it's taking longer for things to dry um I'm an outlier in this case because I like to just brush my Steinal res on with a brush. Word. And I don't have to worry about what the weather's doing. Double That's word. That's the whole reason why I started <laughs> doing it that way. Yeah. That's what I do. I got sick. I mean, I've had solid luck with spray primer anyways, but I still just... This is the yeah. first place I lived in where I could really easily do it. So, but So I established ways to do it without having to worry about that yeah. stuff. And it turns out that when you're brushing it on, just because you can see brush streaks in your primer and it's not like one solid color, once you paint over that, it doesn't matter. It's still going to cover. 
Yeah, you don't really want it to be one solid color anyways, because that, that means you've covered everything, and it's just a base coat to let your paint stick to it. Yeah. It's not even it's not even necessary in all cases. I have a friend who never has primed a single model ever. Oh, yeah. I have friends who, are, who just, they wash the plastic or the resin, and then they let that dry completely, and then they just start in on painting, and I'm like, what? but these are people that don't, play with their models you know they don't play games but they don't handle them a lot oh no frank plays those models he's just i don't know just the way he paints it worked out well for him that's cool so so it is out I, there for options but yeah you could brush it on i actually think that's the number one way to get around all of that yeah and when i'm done with it i like to brush on army painter matte varnish and again, there I'm brushing it on. I'm not. I don't have to worry about an airbrush. I don't have to worry about, you know, dull coat frosting or any of that stuff. I just brush it on. It works really well as long as you shake it like it says on the label. Yep. And I I do that as well. You've got a lot better control over. It. You don't have to worry about any of that last minute bullshit that can make you want to commit seppuku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or. I know there's people out there that have done this, and it breaks my heart. The people who grab the primer by mistake when they mean to grab the varnish. Yep. I've seen that plenty of times. So my response to that is an old, you know, construction uh, adage. Measure twice, cut once. Yep. Look at your fucking tool. Yeah. <laughs> Failing reading labels, you know, maybe paint the cover of one a different color so that at a glance you know just stop and take your time we're all in such yeah. a hurry nowadays you not everything but, can be hurry you know for. accidents happen yeah you know accidents happen and and there's more than one person who's had that happen to them and i sympathize our big joke for me and jim is like as soon as i get the model finished he'll be like it's ready for priming now are you gonna strip that <laughs> Which is another thing we want, I want to talk about is stripping miniatures because some people... Oh, Scotty mentions I get an auto-clear sealer in Rattle Can. It works even in sub-zero temps. So, yeah, the, the, the products made for cars actually work better than the ones made for models in adverse temperatures. I've used, uh, especially for resin models, where stuff may not uh, stick as well, even if you've washed them. I've used auto-primers. You know, matte black uh, auto primer that worked really well over resin back when it was a lot of Forge World. Um, just, you know, you just got to take a look. You got to try different tools. Sometimes you might need it. I haven't tried. I actually have not tried Stino Res over much in the way of resin aside from bases. And it seems like it worked okay. So I, I just have I, it and that's what I use. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that, like, uh, there was uh, what, what kind of prompted this is, uh, you know, Marvel's coming out, and everybody's getting their pre-box sets, you know, like you got yours. And oh, the, the Crisis Protocol, yeah. which uh, after GameholeCon, I will be assembling that, and I'll probably be assembling it on stream, and so you can take a look at the models as they come off the sprue and everything, and then I'll be painting that stuff on the stream Tuesday through Friday uh, every week after GameholeCon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but somebody got the full set and went and primed their that, that, entire that box. That was Kravik. He's actually got a YouTube channel. Does a lot of stuff for yeah. uh, all of FFG's games. And it came back all sandpapered, primer. Oh, no. 
Yeah. He did get them fixed. He's got a video for that too, which you know is going to be a good suggestion. Check out how to fix them. Yeah, how to fix them. He got a lot. He he used uh, simple green if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's that seems to be the miniature painters, you know, go to for a lot of things. It, it kind of plastic, is. Leave no, it I don't. I've heard good things about isopropyl alcohol, but not just the seventy whatever percent. It's got to be like ninety something percent at least. Oh yeah, I have of alcohol, and I've heard that works too. But I know I clean my synthetic brushes with rubbing alcohol, but and that does a good job of getting you know acrylic paint and uh, super glue out of the bristles. But I haven't yeah, tried I, stripping models with it. I've stripped yeah, I, plenty of models with Simple Green. Oh, I've used it for a lot of stuff like that. I actually use. Uh, I was going to reach for it here. Oh, you guys are good. I actually use acetone for a lot of stuff, but not for whole models at once. I will strip portions of a model that I need to repaint. Uh, like when I was painting my uh, sculpted Ashland, I kept fucking up the face because that's what I do. <laughs> so I kept stripping it with just a Q-tip, some acetone, just take it off. So that's more just a spot remover kind yeah, of spot thing? remover. It even works with glue. Like I was trying to get... Uh, you see this guy's got a huge attachment to his base. He was on a different base previously. So I was trying to cut him off his old base. I'd get in there. I just couldn't get him off. So I actually took, dipped my uh, hobby knife in it and just rubbed it in there along where the glue was. And it started to dissolve that and let me get him off. Oh, so, interesting. I mean, I got tricks. I got tricks. You got game? Yeah. <laughs> so, Scotty says, I've also been spraying models for two decades. So I've got a pretty skilled hand. <laughs> Yeah, those make perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of tricks like that. There's a lot on the internet. Um, the hardest thing to fix is if your spray varnish clouds up. Oh, that's like the that's worst God. thing. And I've heard tons of different things. Like I've heard someone say use uh, 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 olive oil. I've heard that too. I've never done I, it. I, I'm like. How do you how do you clean that off then? You like I don't know, how do you get the oily residue off? I don't know. Yeah. I uh, thank God it's not happened to me before. So Yeah, yeah I the don't... only one I've I know about is because um, when I worked at Games Workshop, we were actually not even allowed to tell people how to fix stuff like that because we can't be liable for the models. Of you know, giving advice and all. But the only thing we said is sometimes if you take a second spray of the matte varnish the second spray will clear up the first, but you want to make sure it's perfect uh, conditions. Yes. And Comic Scotty Putty says, in all caps, olive oil does not work. <laughs> well, okay. Um, most of the time, been doing it for twenty years. I will trust him. <laughs> it seems on hard to me. Yep. Uh, I have I've had a model frost up before a long time ago, and I just did a second coat, and it cleared up. So yeah. that was the only thing that I've Second I've seen. Seems to be the uh, the way forward. I would actually like comics anybody suggested. I was just brushing on the second coat. Why tempt fate? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, fate I have done fun. that. Uh, also, uh, for stripping models, I wanted to go back to that a bit because one of the things that I've heard recently um, was. Um, <laughs> Getting glue to unstick on metal and plastic miniatures was sticking them in the freezer for a long time. Like, oh, leave yeah. it in the freezer. That'll make the glue extra brittle, and if you pull it out, you can probably break it. 
But, I mean, my trick works pretty well, too. Just get a knife in there. If you don't have multiple blades for your hobby knife, you're not converting it, and you're not doing something right, because having a lot of blades... I've got one that I keep around that is this one. That's just oh, extra I love that thin. one. It's super-duper thin compared to the other ones, so it can start to get in places you can't. You start to cut it and pry it. You just got to be careful. And honestly, when you start... When you start changing models after they're done you're gonna break stuff don't worry about it just be ready to pin and be ready to re-glue stuff and just i mean uh where is it one of her legs came off when i was uh, after i was getting her off her second base she's on her third base now and i just glued it back on worked if i had to i'd have pinned it you just be ready with all your things you know you gotta keep your skills ready for stuff like that you're gonna need yep. them Expect to have to pin things. Expect things are going to break. Expect you're going to have to fill gaps. Yep. You might even have to putty a sizable portion of somebody's of some model. Be ready to do that. Just take it slow. Look for advice. Um, I had to putty. I had a uh, Elysian drop troop from GW uh, Forge World a while back. My buddy had given me. I didn't like the way he was posing his base, so I literally cut one of his legs. And just used a pin, reposed it, and then puttied in the leg. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to start because only thing I worry about that is the folds of cloth, and you can just follow the folds that already exist. Yeah, that's actually what doing things like that is what taught me how to sculpt with green stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I've told you guys. I think the first one I did was a the hair on a what ended up being a, a demon princess, where I just followed the lines that already existed mm-hmm. in the hair and just made it work. I'm like. Just go. I saw the model somewhere. I haven't painted it yet. I've had to do that for, uh, you know, some some Yeti model that came in a bajillion furry pieces. <laughs> you know, so you had to figure out how to fill the gap so that the fur looked like it, you know, oh. wasn't an obvious seam. Just do a left turn for a second. I forgot to mention last week, Kathy, did you see the uh, box set with the ogres and the undead stuff? <gasps> yes! That's... That's like the me and Jim. That's like because the that's the Ossiarchs, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Ossiarchs and ogres. That's like me versus Jim, all over the place, <laughs> right there. Awesome. Just want to make sure you saw. But anyways, that. yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty damn cool that that would be in a box set. <laughs> so. But yeah, I never strip my models. The only time I strip models is if I get something off eBay and it was, you know, dipped in minwax or something that wipes out all the details. If it was done, if the paint on it is in the is caked on in an egregious manner, I assume. Yeah, that's the only time I strip okay. models. So, but if I'm painting something and I don't like what I'm painting, I just paint over it. I don't strip it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and like I said, I mean, if you've got acid or something like that you can strip parts of it if, if one particular part is thick and the rest isn't just hit that part just just take it off and dip the other end of your your q-tip in water and then just water down to sort of neutralize the acetone so it doesn't start to eat the plastic because acetone does eat plastic i don't care what anyone yes says. It takes a while <laughs> i cleaned off i uh i put my name on all my figure cases i put my name and then my uh what the army is on all of my old gw figure cases and when I got to change the army, I literally just take some acetone and put it on a, a, a paper towel and wipe it off. And it black comes off with it off the case every time. Yep. Yep. You just got to do that. And you have to well, it's, 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 neutralize it. Yeah. 
Like the water is key to keep it from getting too far and doing too much. Yeah, you're basically just rinsing it off again. Yeah, you would. Yeah, rinse it off again. It dilutes it so it won't be as effective. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of what you do with. Uh, I think that's standard operating procedure with caustic chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> Having Scotty Potty goes. I stripped hero clicks with acetone. Use it sparingly. Yeah, I, I never <laughs> stripped them. I just primed them and went. Um, but some of the newer models, as much as I hate, love the bag on Wiz Kids. Some of the newer models are getting to be actually okay. I hear that those uh, that those pre-primed ones that they did for like D and D stuff or whatever it was, Solid. the nozzles, whatever. Um, if you strip their primer off, there's actually a lot of detail on those models. I haven't actually tried that. I have not tried that, but I have heard other people say that. <clears throat> uh, be interesting to see. I don't. I haven't bought any of those models, but they seem pretty solid. Um, they're going to be doing pre, uh, pre-primed pre Transformers models, which will be interesting. I heard a lot of people that take the, the pre-primed one stuff and strip that primer and then put a new coat of primer on. I've seen that happen quite a bit. That sounds like work. As long as they didn't do a horrible job <laughs> See, at it, I'm just going to go. Well, there was, yeah, there was there's, somebody there's that... There's plenty of stuff I'm like... I, Jim and I both have gotten stuff off Amazon where... You know, it, it's not painted the way we want it. We want to paint over it. We intend to paint over it. But as long as the details aren't filled in by yeah. thick paint, we're just going to paint over it. We don't even need to prime it much. Like, well, if you're filing mold lines, then just prime those areas. So we'll have things that look like they were painted by somebody else with lines of primer where the mold lines used to be, and then paint over that. Well, yeah, there, that's is, sort of the, there is a there is a website out there, or uh, someone did take a bunch of the D and D figures and did a before, like here it is, the pre primed ones, and then stripped the primer away and then showed the detail hidden underneath the primer. So I thought that was interesting. This that there's much that after the primer has been stripped, the detail is actually really good underneath it. It's just they took the primer on too thick, which I thought was an interesting take because they decided to do that themselves and see if there was. But uh, some of them, some of the pre-prime stuff is pretty good. And then some of it is, you know, it's your, you know, the face is just nothing but, you know, a slick, you know, portion of the body. There's no contours or detail at all. Yeah. But I like the, the spot removal and the spot addition with the, the brush on primer. Usually does a good job there. I mean, there's a lot of different techniques for that. You can look at that. But it, but the key is back to the main topic is if the weather is getting weird, be it the heat of summer, you know, sometimes you've got those uh, rains pass, but it's still humid as fuck day afterwards or whatever. Just uh, be aware of that when you're going out to uh, prime. I would suggest not priming on those days um, or, you know, be aware that that shit could happen. Yeah, I mean, pretty much what we've said is if you can do it indoors, do it indoors, but do it safely. Um, if you can't do it indoors, indoors, do what? I suggest not indoors. It's fraught with danger. <laughs> but if you're going to do it indoors, make sure it's well ventilated. Blah blah blah. <laughs> be it be responsible. Do some good adulting. Um, <clears throat> but if not, make sure you do it outside. Like I have a garage, and it's not the best place, and it's still outside, and it's still you know a different temperature. But it's better than being directly outside. Um, so I mean that's the way to do it. If you've got a model that has caked up because of the primer and got that sandpapery look or whatever. Uh, I think we're all agree is that simple green is pretty much a good try and go to. 
depending how bad it is, if it's not too bad, brass brush. Go. Correct, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you can These brush a little bit off. At auto parts stores. Yeah. Or hardware stores. Go. Get them. They are great. They work for a ton of things. Um, but if you if it's gone too thick and you're worried about it, uh, you can do the simple green. Do you think do you think steel wool would work for that too? Um, I'd be very careful with that because you're going to eat detail real quick. Okay. Yeah, it's it's... brass brass is softer metal, so it's less likely. To eat. I mean, if you scrub at a model with the brass brush, yes, it will eat detail, but it won't do it easily. Steel will be fine if it's caked on pretty hard. And you figure you just need to get some. It'd be a good first step, you know, get the hard parts off real quick of steel wool because you've got a handful of it. It's pretty easy. And then go with something afterwards, maybe in different spots, but I'd be careful with it. You can use uh, a good stiff regular toothbrush if you have one that's a real stiff toothbrush. If you're worried about it, if you're, if you're, if you're too worried about it, you can try it. It's not going to get it off as well as the brass. Toothbrush is uh, great if you're going to use it in, in, in uh, tandem with some sort of cleaner. Yes. If you're it, simple it, green plus toothbrush... Boom! You're golden. Yeah, you're gonna be pretty good with that. It's gonna it's gonna yeah, come out. You got time for that shit. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Which I've done it before. I stripped a bunch of uh, metal um, iron fang pikemen that I got from a convention. I just dumped them in a glass jar with some acetone, and it was like, shake this up for a few hours, and please tell me you took them off the bases first. Yes, yes, everything was off the bases. <laughs> the first time I did that with metal space marines, I did not take the bases off. Oh no. <laughs> I had base scoop. I mean, acetone dissolves plastic. Can confirm. Yes, um, but you know, I, I popped them off the base, and then I put them uh, in in the glass jar, dumped the acetone in there, and then just shook it up, let it all yes. get all in there, and then just pulled them out, and then took the brass brush and went to town Please on them and use done. Glass. Do not use plastic. Yes, don't use plastic. <laughs> Can confirm acetone eats through plastic. Yes. Don't use plastic with acetone. This is all voice of actual experience. Yeah. Luckily, we did it all over a porcelain sink. So when the one plastic container busted, you're like, oh, why did that? Oh, acetone. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense now that I'm thinking about it. Yes. As you're working in a card shop that sells things, you're like, I've got all these card holders, the two-part card holders. I'll put it in that. And then you're like, why did it eat through that? Because it's plastic. Because it's plastic, dumbass. Oh, Scotty has to go. Got to go play Mario Party with his daughter. Oh, have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Have fun, man. I actually enjoy Mario Party. It's a good fun, it's a fun party game. But I mean, that's something, um, know what substance to use so you don't melt the plastic or completely scratch it up. I would even say, honestly, and this is really extra adulting. Look up the material safety data sheet for whatever <laughs> you're going to be using. If you see a chemical and you're like, I don't know what it does, or I'm not trusting this, or it doesn't have that, look up the material safety data sheet for it, and it will tell you all the things you need to worry about. Acetone also you need to use in a semi-ventilated place because that shit stinks. Oh, yeah. It's basically a nail polish remover. So keep that in True mind. story. But those things exist for a reason. Having worked in a warehouse with chemicals and shit all over the place, it's good to know. I'll tell you all those things you need to know. Like, don't try to UPS spray paint. No. Yep. No. You have to put a special sticker on there so they know they can't send that by air. Correct. Because that could end poorly. What? No. Yes. Pressure is a thing. No. 
Yeah. So, there's just life experience. I, I don't have life experience with the spray paint thing, actually, just from being a shipping stuff for many, many years. I've never actually seen or heard of one exploding. I've never. Can. Mm. And it might be one of them being safe rather than sorry, but it's an airplane. Let's yeah. be safe rather than sorry. Um, but yeah. with the changing weather, that was that was a very thing that started coming up that I thought was interesting to talk about. Um, and also with changing weather, sort of related to that, be aware of what kind of weather you're leaving your models out in the vehicle with. I know some of us just throw our stuff in the trunk and leave it there. Be aware if the summer gets too hot, plastic's oh, yeah. going to melt, resin's going to melt, or bend quicker. I have, uh, I have seen people's Blood Bowl teams, and this is when everybody's Blood Bowl teams were metal. Um, but the bases weren't. Yep, bases weren't. And they left their they left their army in the car on a hot day, and all the bases curled up. Yep, and trunks usually don't get that hot unless you're like in a desert. But also, paint. Mm -hmm. Super hot or freezing below freezing weather, your paint will be affected. Your your primer. Your, your model should be treated the same way because they can be affected too. Like Gonzo said, freeze the glue. If you leave your models out in, the, in, in a temperature and you use super glue on them in, in super cold temperatures, that is going to affect your models. Now it the might metal work. is okay. expanding and contracting, and yep. that's going to have an effect. So keep that in mind. Like I don't mind through the majority of most of the weather in most of the places that we're living, you know, uh, as human beings, it'll be okay. But when you get those extremes of temperature, keep that in mind. Take your bag inside with you. You know, especially don't leave it out in the car too long. Especially the plastic ones when it comes summertime. Oh my God, there's plenty of times. Oh jeez, yeah. People will be like, oh. I would say any modern models because even because if you're just playing with metal models, you're like, oh, I don't need to worry about it. Metal's not going to be affected. But you're super glue in that metal, and the super glue is affected. So at that point, you're affected. Well, yeah. And the plastic bases are affected, yeah. so... Yeah, because it's funny, because the plastic models wouldn't care as much because they're being plastic glued to everything, and that shit ain't going to come apart. you got to cut that shit. <laughs> it melts it together, for Christ's sakes. But Or maybe you put it on a resin base, you're going to make that particular bond less. So don't chance it, bring them in. Especially when it starts getting weird weather. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, the, the, right now with the changing of the wetness, because, I mean, it's gonna, things are going to take longer to dry. Things are going to mm-hmm. be, you know taking longer to get things done. Um, you just can't get things quickly in and out. And uh, the process of frosting on models is becoming pretty big right now. Uh, well, not only with primer, but with, you know, seal it. And even with your paints, painting models, like the different temperatures, like you, we live in air-conditioned houses, but air conditioning is going to affect you differently in different times of the year. So even in... You know, the heat of summer, my room still gets a little warm and a little bit humid, so paint dries out quicker. So you got to use your wet palette and be aware that even then it might dry The palette itself might dry out quicker if you don't close it or keep an eye on it. Oh, definitely. And other stuff's going to dry quicker, so you need to keep that in mind. Like, I noticed my water bottles here. Um, I haven't opened this in, like, weeks. If this had been in the summer, it'd be about here. You could t- you'd be able to tell. I mean, it'd be just condensation on the top. That shit happens. Keep that in mind when you're when you're hobby and that all these other things affect what you're doing yeah there's a lot of a lot of things that people need to be aware of when it comes to the weather of stuff uh painting wise also uh something that uh like john you uh, i think it was last year had like a little portable heater in your room and 
I, I put one in my room last year too, and I was like, man, my paints are drying out really quick on my things, and I'm like, oh, let me turn this down a little bit. Yeah, that happened here, to me but, this uh, summer yeah. when I had a a new fan in here. Mm -hmm. There was so much more air circulation; it was kind of blowing across my palette. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, it's just just sort of uh, thermodynamics and physics how that stuff works. Like I usually in the summer, I will fan going at a much higher rate than it is now. Now it's just to circulate air and uh, white noise for me. But in the yeah. summer, it's there to help cool me and keep it uh, cool so we don't have to keep the house at, uh, you know, being in the top level. We have to keep the basement at, like, negative 50 degrees for me to be super comfortable. And even Banyan doesn't like it that cold. So uh, instead, I just suck it up put the the fan on. But it's going to affect your paints and all. Keep that in mind, you know. You'll, you'll get to know your areas. Like, my area at the apartment I lived in for 17 years was right under the vents and all. So, in the summer, the inherent humidity would help the would make stuff dry out. But then in the winter, the hot air blowing on stuff would make it dry out. So, yeah. it's funny. It was worse in the winter, but all the time I had to be careful with that. And uh, back when Jim and I used to do 2D art, he had a station in the basement where he would paint, and there was a heating duct right above him. Mm -hmm. And he made, out of mat board, because he had a ton of mats and, you know, because 2D art, um, he built a little shunt to mm -hmm. put onto the, onto the vent to blow it in a different direction so it wasn't just blowing straight down on what he's trying to paint because, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the kind of things you might have to do. I mean, you could even set it up so... If you can put your painting station in an area where you don't get direct airflow over your painting section, like honestly, if I ran into a room, it probably wouldn't be possible, but theoretically it would be possible to have a fan where it wouldn't blow over my painting station over here on my uh, left, but it blow over the rest of the room. That's theoretically possible. So you just have to get to think about it. It's all these little things that are going to change as the, the weather changes. And you want to make sure you know about that. If you move to a new place, it's, you're going to have to feel it out. Be a little more careful with your stuff, you know. Um, if you change, you know, your air conditioning system, your heater, any of that stuff breaks and has to get completely replaced, be aware it might change how that stuff works. You want to keep an eye on that. Uh, with that said, it's uh, media time. Uh, I'm going to hey, leave it here. Media. Uh, so uh, for Kathy's uh, sanity and her... Uh, thing that she's got going since her camera I don't want to have to reset all that up for her so just leave it here on this screen but um also can't be ours to reset it yeah i'm not gonna do it that's fine next week i'll be back with my normal computer it's fixed you no, know, you'll be at a so. oh that's right three weeks strike strike that three weeks i will not be here next week I'll be at a convention. Yeah. Um, I may do some streaming because I have to get some painting done. So I may do some streaming for you. I won't do streaming. I still don't have my second camera back. Um, you will get it a new one. back. You so should get a new one pretty soon. Well, no. I, well, the one, my, my Razor one, they're sending me a replacement. should be here soon-ish, too. Yeah. I will track that probably tomorrow. You got another one coming from me anyway, so. Yes. So, I mean, I have lots of stuff. Oh, Banyan's asking what was the issue with my computer. So uh, it pooched. I, uh, I, <laughs> I don't understand that. It basically needed a, a complete reinstall. Oh, and then a reinstall over that reinstall of the operating system 
to be able to start up normally. And my guy said, you know, it's an old hard drive. So how about I just replace it with the solid state, a new hard drive? And I'm like, well, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, please do that. It's like and, I said, uh, pooched. Yeah, so starting from scratch. But I have doubled my storage to two terabytes, and I have doubled my RAM, so. Oh, no. Important note, and one terabyte that is on a solid-state drive, so that's pretty legit. Yes, one terabyte is the solid-state drive, and the other one is the old drive, but just wiped clean. Which, uh, it was working fine, but he's like, you know what, you really want just a new hard drive for, you know, the important stuff. Ann says, does that mean John might have a spare webcam? I mean, technically I already have a spare webcam, it's just not very high resolution. Why would John have a spare webcam because of that? Because Gonzo's sending me one in, Razor's sending me one back. Like I said, uh, technically, I already have an extra webcam because I have the old Logitech that they used back in the early PWMJ days that is not as good resolution as this. Opinion guest starring. Opinion's guest starring? Yay! All right, Opinion. <laughs> Guess what you're doing you uh, next week? Sure. Yep. Uh, that's a, you, That's our special guest next week is uh, Banyan. Uh, John, will make sure media, that camera gets media to you. Media section. Media section. Media section. I have about four things to talk about, but one of them is kind of quick. Uh, I can talk about many, many things, so let's just start and we'll see how far we get. And I know Kathy watched at least one movie. Kathy, I you did, watched movie? yeah. What did I you did, watch? I did. I actually watched two. I watched uh, The Haunting from 1963. Whoa. And because there's a movie channel that was just playing old old horror movies. And the other one was Probably. The Horror. It was Horror of Dracula. It was oh, a hammer horror, horror, horror film. Yeah. You have to say it that way. Horror of Dracula. Blah, blah. Yeah. Peter Cushing is Van Helsing, and Christopher Lee is Dracula. So it's a Hammer film. Yes. <laughs> Much like the other Hammer film where Peter Cushing was Frankenstein, and, you know. I don't know if Christopher Lee was in that one, though. Yeah, I wish I still had a VCR so I could watch Seven of the Le- Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. That was a pretty fun, crappy horror movie. That sounds like fun, yeah. It was like half... Uh, Half horror hammer flick, half chop sake flick. It's pretty good. <laughs> Beanie on says, no one wants to listen to me. I want to listen to you. Uh, you work? You volunteered, man. You in now. Yeah, yeah you in now, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Gonzo, why don't you hit us with your quicken? Uh, my quick one is we watched, um, of course, it was Friday, and so we started watching Next Gen. Uh, it's a Netflix uh, show. Uh, next week's cartoon about a girl that doesn't want a personal robot because everybody in the world has a personal robot. Wait, back up for just one second. You said you were watching Next Gen. That's what it's called. It's called Next Gen. Okay. Because when you said, I'm watching Next Gen, I thought you were talking about Star Trek. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Next Gen is a movie, a cartoon movie on Netflix about, in, in the future, everybody's got their own personal robot. Um, everybody, it's like a cell phone and, uh, it kind of cracks me up because they're going for their new personal robot and it's like an Apple convention 
uh, with them talking about, oh, this, the biggest upgrade of this thing is a bigger screen. And that's the only upgrade. Um, and so everybody are freaking out about it. So it was just kind of interesting and funny. Uh, but my kids were watching it. And that was the reason why we had it on as our Friday movie. And um, it was interesting because there's this scene where the robot uh, that's in the show um, learns to understand dogs. And their dog, um, the girl's dog is in there and he sees this robot outside and starts barking at it. And so the robot turns on the dog translator and the dog was like cussing, but it did in the cartoon. It's not cussing. It's just bleeping, you know, uh, the censorship bleep, 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 you know, type thing. And two of my kids started freaking out and goes, Oh my God, the dog said curse words. And I'm like, no, the dog didn't say curse words. The dog got bleeped because the dog was going to say curse words. And they were like, no, he said it. I could hear it. And I was like, what? What did it say then? Beep, beep. I'm like, oh. That's like you're reading too much into this. Just so go. now bleep actually is just as bad because of the implied curse word behind it. Correct. Like that's what mouth. that's what they were going with. Is like, <laughs> I was like, okay. I have a message for everyone over the age of, say, 15 who thinks that. <laughs> Bleep. Bleep. <laughs> there you go. But I just thought it was interesting. We didn't get to finish watching it because we watched another movie before that. Um, so I'm going to give a good full kid review after uh, we watch it this coming Friday. Um, but I, it was just something I thought was interesting about the show that the implied bleeping of curse words threw some of my kids on a loop. And they're fourth graders. They, That's actually a great topic for... Uh, they were swearing, even though it was bleeping, which means they were saying bad words. Correct. That's a great topic for discussion. That now. is so bizarre. There, there's, a, there's a whole deep topic you can have about uh, giving words power, and the reason we don't use those words in polite company is because you might offend someone who just really is offended by those. Yeah. You know, but if you don't give the word power, it doesn't mean anything. Correct. And but but now people, I mean, and these are kids who are interpreting that as now it's an it's just implied that yeah. it's it's offensive and therefore it's offensive. Look, a college band clapping because it might trigger somebody. We're fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, nuts. Done. Yeah. Done. So I just thought that was an interesting take about what happened because, like I said. It wasn't done. They they knew that the dog was cursing, but the dog wasn't cursing. They bleeped out what the dog was saying, but the kids, a couple of kids. I mean, it's implied it. that the dog's cursing. We could probably get some videos and bleep out perfectly normal conversations. Oh. oh, the count. The video where they bleep out the count. I'm the count, and I like to bleep. Three and times. <laughs> yeah. There's actually, I, mean, uh, I think Jimmy Fallon has something where... Or somebody has inappropriate bleeping, and they yeah, bleep out just the right word, even though you know that they're not saying that, but your mind great. goes to it. it. Yeah, it, it teaches you, you know, about the about implied versus actually happening. But yeah. anyways, I just thought that was an interesting it's thing that happened. But we will, I'll, I will go over a more detailed uh, kid review and my uh, secondary review because I've already watched it once, um, so people can. Uh, See what we and, think and we'll examine the implied versus real, you know, swearing in our philosophy podcast. Yeah, but we do every <laughs> purple moon. 
Lobster podcast. Oh, I could do that. <laughs> so, All right. Well, anyways, uh, my first one is I watched a couple episodes of The Green Hornet. And I mean, Ooh, like, show. <laughs> yep, by the bumble teas, yep. How's it going, Kathy? I'm not doing that again. <laughs> uh, since, I mean, it appears to be a legit release, but it's, I'm 99% sure it's someone actually just took, I might have been released in other countries or something, but they took that and it's a Blu-ray release. It's not Blu-ray quality because it was made in the fucking 60s. That's understandable. It's about as good as I would expect a quality from something like this that hasn't been completely redone. And no one's going to remaster the Green Hornet. I'm sorry. Much as I love the Green Hornet, the fan base for it is not wide enough to remaster the entire series. So uh, I am enjoying it. It is fun how they don't even go in with a... Like, between the intro and even the first episode, they don't have an origin of the Green Hornet. You fucking know who the Green Hornet is. Because it was on radio first. You better fucking figure it out quick. thank God, so they're not wasting time with all of that. No, that's it's it's a good point. They expect you to understand who the character is. They're treating you like you're an intelligent adult. And honestly, you get the connotation from the first couple, first episode where he's behaving like he's a criminal, even though he's fighting crime. So you get the, okay, he's pretending he's a criminal so that the criminals don't, fight him like they'd fight the law and you know it's 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 just amusing they 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 treat you like an adult you react like an adult it's great um it is a little dated i mean 60s so i don't hold against it but But i yeah it is very much at least in the early episodes van williams's uh show uh bruce lee is there he does some good ass kicking he doesn't get a lot of lines or anything though the car is awesome the Black Beauty is awesome. <laughs> um, but I enjoy the crap out of it. I got 24 episodes left to go. We're watching that slowly but surely. I'm just trying to you know, balance what I watch. Half an hour episodes, there's no... It's not a series that's going to give you a lot of character development because that's not what those old things are about. It is a serial. It is an old-time serial where instead of being part of a story, you get the whole story in one episode and then you go to the next story. There's no character development. That's... You can't do that in a half an hour series that's uh, like that. So, But they don't try to. The action's pretty amusing, especially for the age. And uh, the content's pretty fun. It's 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 a good, fun watch. Uh, definitely more adult-oriented than, say, Batman of the Era. Because the Batman of the Era was definitely aimed a little lower than adult. But I enjoy the crap out of it. Uh, tentatively, right now, I'm going to give it... Uh, uh, I'm going to give it four out of five Casablancas for now, but uh, that might uh, change as we go through the series. And keep in mind, that is a little bit sh- colored by the fact that I love the Green Hornet. I mean, I like <laughs> it, but I might have gone maybe three out of five. I'm going to give it four. I'm but you it know what? Uh, age. Last Saturday, I was listening to my radio shows um, on our public radio station from one o'clock to four o'clock or five o'clock they have you know shows from the golden age of radio and they played an episode of the green hornet the radio series which was really cool you don't see the car you don't you know there's no bruce lee but it's it's that story it's that same kind of a story and he's a criminal or people think he's a criminal you know it's very very much like uh you know uh, Spider-Man, where, you know, 
the newspaper people want to paint him as a criminal. Yep, yep. And the only real difference is that Spider-Man actually is like, no, I'm a hero. The Green Hornet's like, no, I'm going to act like I'm a criminal around criminals, but I'm actually, you know, a hero. (laughs) So I love it. Um, I'll also point out, for those of you keeping track, I haven't fully reviewed the Green Hornet movie yet because I haven't watched the rest of that shit show. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently it is the one movie in the past, we'll say six or seven years, I have not been able to watch the whole thing of because I apparently have standards and that's where I draw the line. I don't think it was going to be five space herpes, but it just insults me too much. So not quite Atlantic Rim? No, God, no, not Atlantic Rim, but... Also, like, I think I need to have the right amount of liquor in me to watch the rest of that movie. Uh, speaking of low standards for movie, Kathy, it is one of your two classics. I mean, that was it. Horror of Dracula. There's really not that much that needs to be said. Um, it was 1958. It was Peter Cushing. It was Christopher Lee. Uh, it really was surprisingly closer to the actual Bram Stoker's Dracula story than I expected it would be with the, you know, the journal of Jonathan Harker. Okay. Uh, and, you know, how he goes to Dracula's castle to, you know, work in the library and stuff. It does, I mean, obviously, it, it has its its differences, but... You know, that's the same characters were there and, you know, Mina Harker ends up, actually, she she ends up getting bit, but they're able to, you know, tear the curtains down in the castle while Dracula is still out of his coffin and the sun streams in and turns him into dust and, you know, she gets better in this. Spoiler. Spoiler, Dracula gets dusted. So, Kathy, this movie's old enough. You could rate it on the Casablanca scale if you want. Um, I feel like it's a classic. I, I, I like these Hammer movies. They crack me up. There's just some cheesy thing about them that I enjoy. Um, I don't know. Two. I would say two Casablancas. <laughs> I'm not going to be... It's not a, It's not an epic. It's, it's Remember, not horrible. I did say that my view of uh, Green Hornet was colored by the fact that I really like the Green Hornet. <laughs> you know. But I I just like them. I think, I think people uh, should give it a shot. But it's possible that... The younger generation of today might not appreciate the cheesiness that is Hammer Horror films. I noticed a lot of youngins have a problem with anything made before, say, Star Wars. Yep. Which is why it's my line of demarcation. Um, because they're just not into it. The graphics are too bad or what have you. The storyline just... is too slowly paced. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy the crap out of some of those old movies, too, but... <laughs> the Haunting, though, it was Hill House. 
I'm I'm thinking that they must have re- did they remake that in the yeah. 70s? Is the Haunting of Hill House? They did they remake also it. I don't know when though. 2000s. Didn't they? And they just did a Netflix series, didn't they? Yep. Of something about Hill House. Yep. I remember seeing it in the 2000s at the theater with a bunch of friends. There was like, I want to say almost a dozen of us went, and only two of us watched the entire movie. The Haunting <laughs> sucked me in. I mean, it's ridiculously dated, but. It sucked me in as kind of a psychological. There's a psychological thing going on with it, and you don't, you don't see monsters or anything. You just you hear things. You just get these feelings. So it's more suspense than horror. Yes, it is. It is. It's more suspense, really. I think suspense more than horror. Yeah. Unless you get cheesy Dracula horror, but go ahead and finish your review of it. Go for it. <laughs> I just I I liked in the end how the the chick. The chick had her own crazy problems, and you never really knew. Was she going insane? You know, was there something sinister with the uh, anthropologist that brought them to the house to do this sort of experiment with these people who he thought were more in touch with their psychic, supernatural kind of sensitivities? You know, was he just kind of bullshitting them for his own ends? Uh, was he playing a trick on them? Was his wife involved? Because she shows up at the end. You just you you're not really sure. In the end, it's not. You know, you're left to kind of decide that on your own. Sweet. Well, so what do you give it on either scale? Oof. I'd give it three space herpes. Not space herpes. What do you? Yeah, space herpes. Yeah, three space herpes. Okay. We'll, we'll go with the space herpes. Yeah. So, I thought it was cool. It sucked me in, but it really is dated, and uh, and there is the cheese factor, and you know, would I watch it? I probably would, but now I kind of want to. I think when I was a kid, I watched The Haunting of Hill House, like the nineteen seventies kind of thing, and now I want to find that. Well, I mean, do it to it. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect opportunity to watch it. Says chick. That's all I see. In reference to what did because I called somebody a chick, the chick. Look, there are certain words. That's that how I roll. That's how I roll. <laughs> uh, Gonzo, what's your number two? Uh, number two is the movie we all watched uh, this weekend with our kids was American Tale, um, about you know uh, the mouse immigrants coming to America. Uh, which everybody, like all of us, would know about. It was actually a pretty big movie at the time because the music was really, really cool. And, you know, a lot of people all got into it. I think it won some everything. But I thought what was interesting about it is all the voice actors for it are pretty much dead and gone. Um, pick, pick me. Pick me. John. I've never seen the whole thing. Which yeah. movie is this? American Tale. Is this the Fievel one? Yes, it's Fievel. I never saw it. Yeah. I saw part of Five Will Goes West. Hold on, Kathy, quick, internet high five. God. <laughs> you are horrible. I just is that the Disney thing? It's not Disney. It, it's not even. It was uh, Steven Spielberg actually. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't pique my interest when it came out. I was at that perfect age where I would have not watched it just to rebel. Yeah, but it came out. The kids actually liked it, which I thought was interesting. Uh, as how dated it is. Um, and how everything, I did think it was hilarious that they did have these pigeons on there. And of course the pigeons are 
kind of drawn big breasted like you know uh, a cabaret lady or whatever and i had a couple of the kids going look they got boobs and i just thought that was hilarious <laughs> it's a pigeon breast yeah wait wait is Bob, it is it is it like the uh the ones from animaniacs remember the remember the pigeons in animaniacs and they had the god pigeon yeah, no, yeah, I do, but that wasn't it. But it, it just was interesting that they drew their attention. Um, it's dated. It's still got some good music. It's still got relevant stuff to it. Uh, but it, of course, the kids liked it because it was just a cool little cartoon. But it, there's really not a scale to it anymore because it's just a cartoon that's just dated now. Um, because there was some stuff that was like, oh, you wouldn't be able to get with that racist comment today. How many Secret of Nims do you get it? Give it. Uh, see, you can't do that because I love Secret of Nims. Secret Nim, but I also love I the love book Secret a lot. Secret of Nim too, but Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim was the shit. The yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to give it a scale. It was just story. interesting. Bird fellows. They could live action redo that. You 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 can rate any movie. And you could go yeah. really dark. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It's more like a two space herpes out of it. Okay. I mean, sometimes movies are dated and it's you can't get past it. I yeah. mean, but it's not quite old enough to go on the Castleblanca scale. Sorry. No, but I mean, no, what, but the rescuers might be. Yeah. The rescuers is my shit. But the next thing I want <laughs> I to talk about, going to go in more detail. Five Castleblancas. <laughs> <laughs> rescuers done. I had the record. I had the mini record. I had it all. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So. Uh, anybody got anything else? Or um, Oh, yeah, I got the actual movie that Bania and I both watched. Uh-oh. Um, so I tried to buy Dread on Amazon Prime, but it just kept not working. So instead, I grabbed a random uh, DVD that I've been watching some clips, up, clips on YouTube of and watched the whole movie, and that is The Three Musketeers. Which one? 2011. Who were the actors? Uh, uh, Milo Jovovich... Logan Lerman, um, Christoph Waltz, and uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Okay. Luke Evans. Was it closer to the uh, Alexander Dumas? No. no. God, no. no. Was it closer to the Disney one with... Uh, you know? Oh, yeah, Orlando Bloom's in it, too. I forgot. Thanks, yeah. Pania. I would have gotten to him. Uh, it is closer to none of those because it is also some kind of steampunky. Yeah. It starts off with the Three Musketeers plus a Milady de Winter. Is this the one with the floating airship battle? Yes. Boom! That's the yes! one. Yes! Oh my god, that was so horrible! <laughs> it was great in all the right ways. Oh my god, I loved it! But it was horrible! But it was fun! Like, there are some fight scenes in that. Like, the first fight scene... Where um, D'Artagnan has, you know, challenged all the musketeers individually to fights, or they've challenged him, and it turns into a fight versus, you know, the Cardinal's guards. That fight scene is fucking great. That fight scene is worth the price of admission right there. It is super fun, easy to follow. I love the crap out of it. There's a lot of character that they all have in that. Um, after that, I mean the the. I'd say the non-fight action scenes get a little weird, um, sometimes a little awkward. The humor doesn't quite hit the mark all the time, and that's sort of the problem with it. I love Christoph Waltz as um, Cardinal Richelieu, even though I think that um, 
Brain stopped. Tim Curry did a better job. Oh, yeah. But Christoph Waltz is not is trying to be a subtle bad guy, and he does a good job at that. I think, and people are going to hate me for this, Mil Jovovich is unnecessary, and I won't say the worst part of the movie, but she doesn't add anything to that movie. Uh, but her husband directed it, so she was fucking going to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really detract from the movie, but she doesn't add to it. I feel like you could have put anyone else in there. Well... Release Milady winner the winner's uh, you know appearance in the movie and it would have been fine. The bones of the story are solid, but the bones of the movie don't include a woman in a major role. Correct. Yeah, they made her a little actiony. So uh, so they had to kind of like write that shit in. I mean, there were a lot of shit in this. Let's be honest. <laughs> they were in Da Vinci's vault for the airship plans. Like it's all. I mean, I love the airship Orlando. battle alone. While it was really cool, is so implausible. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> Reality in this movie don't often talk. Oh, um, not at all. I love Orlando Bloom as uh, Duke of Buckingham chewing scenery. It is great. He is a movie twirling your mustache villain like we don't get anymore because they're too cliche, and it was fucking glorious. And it's got some solid sword fights. Um, I would love to see another... Uh, uh, you know, Three Musketeers. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Three Musketeers. I love good, solid sword fights. Mm-hmm. I think this one had better sword fights than were in the Disney one. Asterix, I haven't seen the Disney one in quite some uh, time. But probably, I would agree. It went off the rails pretty quickly with the whole Disney one. Disney one had amazing, uh, they had some fun humor, they had some fun actors. It was the Disney one's more of a hit because it's it's more consistent throughout all of it and fun. Yep. This is fun through the whole thing, but it's a little it it it, it, it zigzags a bit. Um, I enjoy the crap out of it. I'm upset it doesn't get a sequel. I'm going to give it uh, two space herpes. Being fair, it is better than your average action movie. You should probably watch it, especially if it's cheap or free. But it is not by far the the penultimate uh, ultimate uh, take on Three Musketeers by any stretch. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> Which I actually say probably is, even though it's a different story, the man in the Iron Mask is probably the best. But mm-hmm. That's just me. Gonzo, I left you a little time for another one. Uh, I'm going to do one because uh, I've been looking forward to this series. Uh, it just came out on HBO last week. been looking for it. I've been a huge fan of the graphic novel. Uh, yep. The movie was okay. Yeah, this uh, is a series. Yeah, and this uh, first episode blew me away. Uh, the new Watchmen series on HBO came out. Uh, oh. It is a sequel to the Watchmen graphic novel. It does not follow the movie. It follows the graphic novel more. Oh, good, because uh, I never saw the movie, but yeah. I read the novel, the graphic The movie is oh. actually yeah. a bit more solid than Gonzo gives it credit for. No, no, no it, it's, it's good. It's Zack Snyder's best work, honestly. Now, it, Having watched 300 recently, it's probably his best work. The reason why I say it doesn't follow the movie is because some of the things that happened in the TV show did not happen in the movie. So and, you would and, need to know the graphic novel. And to be fair, the changes between the graphic novel and the movie are in favor of the movie Though it works in their graphic novel because of the medium, if you understand what I mean. Yes, 100%. I 100% agree with you, and that's the reason why I say that it goes from the graphic novel, not from the movie, because some of the events happen uh, yes. in, in the TV show. Uh, the first, let's talk about the cast of characters. Uh, Regina King is one of the uh, main actresses. Uh, Don Johnson, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, um, 
uh, Jeremy Irons, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, okay. Some great actors and actresses um, in there. And it's really cool to see Don Johnson in a TV show again. It was really cool to see him because, you know, we all we all know him from, you know, what he's known for is Miami Vice for more than anything. Nash Bridges. Nash, like, Bridges. Nash Bridges for a long fucking time. Yeah, Nash but I mean. See, this is why we're friends. We're like connecting all over the place tonight. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but uh, so this takes place in 2019. Uh, it was interesting how they opened it up. They opened up the story with the Tulsa race riot or race massacre, if you really want to go. Uh, into detail of the uh, lynching and killing of African-Americans in 1928, I think it was, or something. Um, I don't know the, I didn't, what was interesting is I knew about what happened. I just didn't know the real details. Because uh, at one point in the story, this bo- this plane flies over um, the area and actually throws dynamite down on the people. And I'm like, the fuck? And so I looked it up after I got to watch an episode. I went and researched about that. And there were people flying planes and dropping dynamite on people uh, during the actual happening. And I was like, that's so fucked up. Um, that's pretty fucked up. It is. Uh, it, it, it made me want to go research it and, you know, learn more truth behind it. Well, which is really cool uh, to for a TV show for me to do. Uh, as you know, I can't watch TV shows and sit still very long. I didn't touch my phone once watching this episode, uh, which is a really big thing for me. Um, but it is in 2019. Um, cops have to hide their face uh, in fear of getting in, you know, hunted down and killed. Uh, superheroes are not outlawed per se. Um, Robert Redford is now the president, um, which is it's foreshadows. There's a lot of. Um, everybody knows the X-Men movies, uh, Brian Singer did a lot of X's all over the place for X-Men. Um, the, uh, guys that did this series do a lot of the smiley face with the blood drop all throughout the show. So you see all this, um, mm. but it's, it, it, but it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, you do, you do see Dr. Manhattan at one point. Uh, in the show, but it's like on a radar picture, so it's not like he's in the show. Um, hmm. You, that's the only character from the past that they that they show in there. Well, um, I mean, it's twenty nineteen. That makes sense. Correct. Um, the it, it's kind of interesting because uh, I don't want to ruin a lot, but there's a group of people that are Rorschachs, and they've got a certain name and what they're doing. Um, there's a lot of racial tension with this uh, series so far. Uh, which is where I think they're going to go with the whole thing. Um, music, great. The way it's filmed, great. Uh, bloody and brutal, like the Watchmen, t- Watchmen movie and uh, graphic novel, yes. Very much so. It, uh, it doesn't hold back. Um, the characters are believable. Nobody's got superhuman powers. Um... Because there's like no Doctor Manhattan's. The superheroes are in this, uh, which is or technically Osmandius. He had superhuman powers. Don't let anyone fool you. Correct. Um, but Sister Knight is who Regina King plays. Uh, she's the primary in that. 
Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, uh, which I really like the guy. I really like the actor he's played. I didn't know his character's name, but it was called Looking Glass, which I thought was really weird because of the way he has dressed. Uh, he's done some really cool stuff. I like him as an actor. Um, but everything about this show is hitting just right. Um, it's brutal. It's honest. There, It's pushing all the buttons of just enough to make you go, oh, yeah, fuck you. And, yeah, people were shitty back then. Uh, it throws a lot of our own history back in our face. Like, of course, the race riot. Um, I cannot fucking wait for next episode, which is on tonight. I'm As soon as I'm done here, i got to make a phone call with somebody. Uh, and I'm going to go watch it. Uh, zero space or peace for me right now on the first episode. So Gonzo's watching The Watchmen. <laughs> I, uh, I give it uh, an unnecessary, not going to get HBO just to watch it. If I ended up with HBO for another reason, might watch it. Uh, well, uh, coming out pretty soon is uh, uh, His Dark Majesty, which is going to be coming out also on HBO. Yep. Which um, check on, Let me check my give a shit a meter. You don't. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh Look at it's it. the it's Golden a, Compass series, right? Correct. It's the Golden Compass okay. series. I do know what it is, yeah. and Bain and I had a discussion, but I don't care. But yeah. I, I forgot one thing we need to talk about. What? Really quick. What? The last trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I watched it. I, I, I'm at the point where okay, it's cool. I'm just ready for the movie now. You know what I'm saying? I'm just okay. ready for the movie. It was cool for me. It had some neat stuff to it. Um, the voices and everything else that's going on. I'm tired of the secrecy. Just, I, I'm ready for it to be done. Not as in a bad way, but I'm ready to know. It. The podcast. I mean, but this is the in a in a trailer. But I'm, I'm glad they actually gave us a full full trailer, not just you know, yeah, little clips. You get some periods where you see, oh, there's some shit going on, and I'm very pleased with what I've seen. Yeah, like I said, there's nothing negative about it. I'm just ready for it. Uh, Banyan, it's too long of a buildup. We've been watching trailers and teasers for such a long time. We, and we actually haven't, but okay. You you have. Okay, I have. There's I, only been, what, one teaser and one trailer. So, I mean, every other movie gets more than that. I've seen more than that for Terminator Dark Future. Correct, but I've been reading all the stuff about it and looking at all the pictures. And, you know, that I'm just like, I'm ready As just I for the movie. I love to say, that's a you problem. I think it's actually <laughs> the right amount of trailers. Uh, speaking of Terminator Dark Future, I will probably be seeing that in the theater. And I might actually see it next Friday since I don't have uh, not brush and Dave there because I am intrigued. Uh, I am too. I'm probably going to wait till it comes out in Blu-ray or whatever and watch it. Well, I hope to give cool. it a good rating that makes you want to go see it in the theater. Um, but uh, going back to Watchmen just a little bit, uh, I love Jeremy Irons. I love his role in this. I can't wait to see more of him in there. He, Jeremy Irons. He's just Jeremy Irons. I mean, for fuck's sake. He plays... Uh, are you talking about the best part of Batman versus Superman, Jeremy Irons? Yeah. Oh, this is... Because he plays... Uh, they've already spoiled it. He, he plays Oz. So... He's still in this for some reason. That's perfect casting. Um, regardless of whether I think it's necessary, that is perfect casting. As yeah. an old Ozymandias, yeah. Yeah. Hot damn, yeah. It, it was really good. I, I highly recommend it. Go watch it. Just be gone and go watch it. Start yeah, episode got, one and go have it. I got a million things. I got 24 episodes <laughs> of The Green Hornet. I've got season three of Stranger Things. I've got first season of Lost in Space. I've got the last several episodes of Jack Ryan season one. <laughs> I don't know how I'm just to get time for. I'm going to quit my job to get time to watch all this shit. Uh, yep. 
Yep. But I mean, it was for anybody if you like if you like dirty, gritty, you know, Watchmen, you know, from either the comic or the movie, you'll like this series. Uh, and the acting is superb. Great actors in it. Can't wait to see the rest of it. We can talk about this in more more detail uh, another time. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to say on it, but I don't want us to take us too late because it is nine thirty six time zone, which is the most important time zone. Sorry, Central people. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good <laughs> night. <laughs> I just waited for you guys to finish. <laughs> But there is so much cool stuff in this series. I cannot wait. Like, there's this one part where everything goes 